Well, hello, and welcome to Rhythms of Grace. Oh. <laughs> I accidentally hit that button. <laughs> you were really just that excited, Nate. <laughs> no, uh, I fat fingered the uh, I fat fingered the soundboard. That's so funny. <laughs> Make it sound like everyone's really happy that we're here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh, well, we're a mess this yeah. morning. Well, so yeah, today it's just just me and Nate. Um, Super excited to be here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, Sung is traveling today. So we are going to continue in our series on technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today I get to introduce the topic, which we're talking about uh, the promises of technology. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, uh, I was listening to a podcast uh, that had a lot to say about this. And I just want to give credit where credit is due. It's actually a book by um, Andy and Amy Crouch. Um, and they talk a ton about, they, I think they have a couple books that are about technology, uh, but this is from a podcast um, from earlier this summer where they were talking about one of the books that they've written. So some of the ideas are coming straight from that. And, I'll, and I will give credit where credit is due as we cool. get there. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about this like book and podcast because you said it's about technology and, and faith. Yeah, it is. I mean, they're specifically, specifically faith um, centered in their approach. Uh, And so that's helpful. It was like everything they said, I was like, oh, I could say this. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but I'll say what, what struck me, you know, most was um, his description of the promise of technology. Mm, And he said that all technology uh, basically gives us the promise that you will no longer have to do this. Mm. And now you will be able to do this. Like that's sort of the core promise of technology. And so if you think of anything like a furnace, like you will no longer have to split firewood and tend the fire. Now you'll be able to spend those extra hours doing like whatever reading or, you know, um, you from, will no longer have to take off your watch when you take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes, exactly. Like, yeah. Right. So uh, technology always, always promises that. Um, and so, uh, and, and then that goes all the way up to like every new version of the iPhone, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah. It's like, well, now you can do this and you will no longer have to like, you know, all of the reminders are automatic and yeah. you know, you won't have to read your text yourself. Like a voice will read them to you, yeah. you know? Um, uh, but his point was, he said, look, that, that promise, uh, is actually the very same promise that we find in Genesis when the, (laughs) and it's like a super negative take, but like when the serpent was talking to Eve, uh, about, about the apple, he was essentially saying like, Hey, you will no longer have to do this. Now you will be able to do this. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I thought that was such a fascinating, um, parallel mm-hmm. sort of like that promise is, uh, is one that is almost impossible for us to resist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just thinking like, oh yeah, this is something that it's, it's a, an offer that is almost impossible to resist. And it's just it generationally ingrained in us, right? Like we've always wanted, that offer. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to see if I can, if I can pull it up. I'm, I'm using my phone right now, which is not <laughs> the most effective way to uh, navigate the Bible. Mm, yeah. Um, so 
Although, I mean, see, even like phone app Bible, and this is maybe like a positive of it, right? Is it's like, oh, you will, well, maybe this isn't positive, but it's like, oh, for my students, it's like, you will no longer have to know where Genesis is in the Bible. You can just search Genesis and it'll pop up, which is nice. (laughs) I mean, it is right. But so here's the promise of the serpent. It's found in Genesis three. He says, you will not die. Basically she said, look, God said that if we took a bite of this, if we Mm -hmm. ate from this tree, we would die. And he said, you will not die. In other words, this is the, you will no longer like, don't worry. You won't have to worry about death. And then he says, uh, God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil. Mm -hmm. So there's the promise, right? You will, you don't have to worry about this. And here's all the benefits. And man, it just like to know that that was the core uh, lie, you know, in like the first opening chapters of Genesis is really eye opening in terms of the way that we navigate technology. And then when we were talking about this, you had a really interesting point about this very promise, which I'm going to leave to you to say. Because I I would argue that that's also like the promise of Jesus, though. Mm. You know what I mean? Is like... Jesus says, you will no longer have to do this. Now you will be able to do this, right? Like you will no longer have to worry about shame. Now you can live free. Yeah. You will no longer have to follow the entire Levitical law. Now you right. can, you know, like follow me, right? right? It is, it's like the same. I mean, I think that's the most fascinating thing about like I, the most effective lies are the ones that mm. are, are have either a kernel of truth or mm-hmm. or are parallel to a truth or something yeah. like that. I think it's interesting to to reflect on how can those how can it how can it be the core lie <laughs> that sort of you know derailed all of humanity's yeah. existence, and how can it also be the promise of Jesus Christ? How, how can it be both those things? Yeah. And it it does make me think of like our core desires mostly are given to us by God, right? Mm. Like, you know, I think about the, the message translation that came like that developed the name rhythms of grace of just, um, you know, my, my way is easy, you know, like Mm. those un, Mm. what is it? Unforced rhythms of grace, like wanting to give us a a good life, Mm. um, which is what we therefore crave. Um, I think the lie is this is the good life. Yeah. Um, and it's even easier than mm. what God promises. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. The, the thing that, um, that this author ended up talking about in light of this being sort of the, one of the core, um, lies of, or, or yeah, lies of technology mm-hmm. was that we should pick hard things sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a really fascinating, again, just a really fascinating way to shift our decisions about our technology use. Mm. And so, I mean, again, it's like low hanging fruit, but I have thought a lot about the fact that we have a furnace, mm-hmm. but I split, I split mountains of wood yeah. uh, by hand every year. Mm-hmm. because we, our family really, really prefers the feel and experience of a wood stove yeah. for our primary source of heat in the winter. And like, I'm picking a hard thing and I'm really, really happy to do mm-hmm. it. I'm 
And so his point was simply like, pick some hard things. Like, like if the promise of technology is that everything will be easier, Mm -hmm. like Facebook, staying connected with all your friends is going to be easier. You know, Twitter, getting your voice out to the masses Mm -hmm. is going to be that much easier. You know, calendar apps and whatever. The promise is that everything is going to be easier. Mm -hmm. And his point was like, pick some hard things. Yeah. You know, pick some hard things and let yourself experience that difficulty mm-hmm. because, well, oh, this is what, so there's another Bible verse that actually yeah. came to mind. You know, I think it's in James where it says that, like the, the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Yeah. You know, essentially he's saying like good things come through struggle. Mm-hmm. And if the promise of technology, any technology mm-hmm. is that it will be easier. Just like we're removing all the barriers. Yeah. Uh, th- you should just take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, you know, Sung is not here uh, to kind of be our, our pro technology pro- voice. <laughs> pro tech voice. You and I are just going to dog technology uh, yeah. for the next 30 minutes. Well, no. So, what, but what I was thinking was, you know, he's an Enneagram eight. He's a challenger. Mm. And so for him, I, I wonder if it's like, even with using technology all the time, he is going to seek out those struggles and those oh, challenges. Interesting. I have a lot of my personality. My tri type is like um, the enthusiast, the peacemaker, and the helper. I'm like, I just want to have fun and oh, have peace and yep. not have struggle in my life. Mm. And so, for me, I have to make really firm boundaries around technology, or else my impulse will be not to ever have any struggle in my that life. Is in, I, in my whole life? I never thought about it in the framework of um, of personality types because also, like for me as as a one, yeah. I regularly choose challenges that yeah. that sort of push me. I like to see, it's horrible to say, I'm not saying this is healthy, but I like to see like, how far can I go before I break? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, like last week, last week was a, was a crazy week. And I just pushed myself and pushed myself and pushed myself. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say that by Saturday afternoon, it was yeah. hard for me to walk. Yeah. Like I was that, and I slept, I slept Saturday night and then I slept all day Sunday. Yeah. And then I slept all Sunday night. I mean, I like in those, like in those, like that 48 hour stretch, I probably slept a solid like 12, 16, 18 hours legitimately. Wow. Uh, I'm not saying that was a good thing. I mean, it's some of it that was dictated by like our circumstance. Yeah. We had a litter of pigs that was going to be born. So I was checking on them like throughout, um, I was checking on the South throughout the night, several nights in a row. Mm. We had a whole, I had to build something. It was just like, it's just like there were these deadlines that I sort of had to hit. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't in those circumstances, it's not hard for me to leave my phone behind. Yeah. I literally am just like, I just am just rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never thought of it as like a personality. Yeah. Trait. Yeah. I think, you know, I, you were saying like, I, I regularly see how far I can push myself yeah. for me. I, uh, I regularly slip into like, the mo- the easiest path, whatever it is, like mm. the easiest path forward, I will slip into taking that. Mm. So for me, it was technology use or exercise or health food. Like I have to make sure that the easiest path is the healthiest path. That's mm. why like not having a car is really good for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, like having uh, my phone automatically shut off at a certain time and not turn back on until, or, you know, not accept new messages until 8am. Right. Like, 
otherwise it's really easy for me to slip sure. into whatever is most fun or comfortable or like like simply like not having junk food in the house yes. it means that oh, when absolutely. you're hungry the easiest thing is to choose something something healthy yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense broccoli has to be my salty snack <laughs> because that is a salty snack that i have in no the house <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah um uh, that's i mean that's a really interesting uh it's an interesting way to to think about framing it so you mentioned it briefly, but talk to me about how you make right choices with technology easy. You have your phone shut off? Yeah, yeah. So I have a lot of, again, I, I talk about it as having, I use the parental control features on my phone mm. because I feel like I need a parent to like help me make good decisions with my phone and I have to be that parent yeah. for myself. Okay. So I, yeah, I, between 8 p.m. and 8 a.m., I don't get notifications. Mm. Um, and I have it on do not disturb, um, at 8 PM, Instagram, Facebook, all of the apps shut off. Mm. Um, and I can't access them again, uh, unless I override the parental controls until 8 a.m. Which again is like a hard, like that's, yeah. that becomes the hard road instead exactly. of just saying like, oh, I'm, it's easier for me to just leave my phone there and pick up a book. Yes. Ah, yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it lets you override sure. it. But every time I'll, I'll like click the Instagram app without thinking about it. And it's like, do you want to pause parental controls? I'm like, oh no. Mm. Like that's, yeah. It's just that extra little yeah. bit of friction. Yeah. Um, that keeps me from kind of rolling. That's so good. Um, so those sorts of things, um, not having, um, like a smart TV for me has been important because I have to c connect my computer to the TV, mm -hmm. which is like a lot of times I'll do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I won't just mindlessly do it. Right. It's so, not like Amazon prime is just like on there yeah. with like every movie ever made just exactly. waiting at your fingertips. Yeah. It's like, I have to take that extra step mm -hmm. of. Yeah. Plugging something in. So for me, just again, because I know that my impulse would be to completely anesthetize myself with technology all the time. Um, it's really important to have like just a little bit of friction to keep me from, from rolling. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, as I was driving in, uh, this morning, I was thinking like, man, what if I did an experiment where like I did try to, cause I don't really limit my phone use because most of my time during the day is, is, technology free. Yeah. I mean, again, like if someone were here, he would talk about like, well, you're, you're driving a tractor. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but it's primarily technology yeah. free. Um, and so I don't really think about like limiting my phone use the rest of my time, but I was like, man, what if I, what if I did like, what mm. if I, how different would it be if my leisure time was technology free? Mm. Cause yeah. right now, I work without technology and mm -hmm. then technology is, is my leisure time. Yeah. And I was just wondering how, how different that might be if I switch that up. I might, I'm going to think about it while we're talking yeah. and I'm, I might try it for a week yeah. and be like, what if literally my phone like never left like a singular spot, like in my kitchen. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm still, yeah. I'm, still <laughs> I'm still wrestling with that one. Yeah. Um, so, so here, so there was a, there was another, there was another side of the, this, uh, the, sort of, I don't want to call it the lie. Well, what's a better word than the maybe lie? empty promises. Yeah. The promise of technology. Yeah. Let's call it that. Yeah. Let's call it that. Um, because the, the other thing about the promise of technology and the way that that is mirrored in the interaction between Eve and Satan in mm -hmm. Genesis is that it never talks about the cost. Mm-hmm. You know, he basically says, like, you're not going to die. Mm -hmm. You'll become like God. 
And he doesn't talk about the cost that will come, the cost yeah. that's going to come later. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is mirrored in what technology does mm-hmm. because technology doesn't, it has, it has a cost. Mm-hmm. I mean, it has a cost. If you are using, go back to the basic example. Mm-hmm. If you are using a furnace, you're going to get a bill yeah. for the gas that you use and for the electricity that you mm-hmm. use. And that is coming and you will have to pay it. And yeah. that is not what you think about when you adjust your thermostat. Yeah. Well, some people do. I, <laughs> I do, okay. but, but it is, it's still invisible, right? I don't yeah. know how many more cents or dollars uh, I'm going to be paying if I go up from, you know, 65 to 68. Right. Like it's, it's invisible. Whereas right. if I grabbed six more logs... I know the cost. I do. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like yeah. I watch my wood pile get smaller yeah. over the winter. And there, there have been times in the spring, if it's like a cold morning and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, do I, am I going to use the rest of this wood right now? Or, yeah. you know, do I want to save it for perhaps a colder morning? Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, the invisible cost of technology, uh, I, I, I don't want to, I just think it's something that you need to like consider on the front end. Yeah. Right. Because it, it will, it never puts the cost up there. I mean, even think about like every useful app that you've wanted to try. Mm -hmm. What do they start with? A free trial. Yeah. They start with a free trial and this just happened with my son. He wanted to sign up for something, but it wouldn't give him the free trial until he put in his credit card information. And what is the hope? The hope is that you forget (laughs) and you pay the cost later. Yeah. Um, He decided not to get it, but I was like, ah, that's like exactly how it works. Mm -hmm. The cost with technology, the cost always comes later. Yeah. And so you just have to know what that is going in. You need to calculate it. And I, I don't think that that's always even um, just like monetary, right? It's also right. like, you know, for exactly. me, I, again, the reason I have to have limits with my phone is because I don't count the cost with my time. It's really easy for like mm-hmm. six hours to disappear on TikTok because it's one video at a time, 30 seconds long. Yep. And you're not thinking like, oh, if I watch another video, that's 30 more seconds of my life. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, oh, it's only 30 seconds. And you don't think about the fact that you've watched a hundred videos already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, one of the ways, one of the things that, um, that the crouches talked about the cost of technology mm-hmm. was, um, in, in the way that like Facebook, social media allows for one way communication mm-hmm. where we don't have to think about how it's received. We yeah. don't have to think about the cost of the interaction with someone mm-hmm. else that I mean, that cost does come, but there's another cost, which is yeah. that you lose your ability to relate in like real time with real people. Yeah. I was driving the other day. I was, I had uh, one of my nephews in the car and one of his buddies. And this was the, <laughs> this was the craziest situation I didn't even have to do. I was, I stopped at, at like Wendy's to get them dinner or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they started doing what people always do. They started riffing on the menu. So we're, mm. we're literally, we're at the checkout or like we're at the, I'm sorry, we're at the drive through. Yeah. I'm trying to place an order and they're just riffing on the menu. And I was like, guys, I said it probably half a dozen times, guys, I need you to pick some food. Yeah. And they would just be like, look at those fries. And then they would like just go off and mm-hmm. sort of do this one directional communication 
And I realized like, oh, in some ways they don't understand that there are several layers of actual human interaction going on right now. I'm waiting for them to pick so that I can like drop them off. Mm -hmm. The person on the other end of that little voice box is waiting for me to place an order so that they can get on with their day. Yeah. And in some ways I sensed in that moment, because I remember I remember thinking, like, what is happening right now? Yeah. Like why is it that they won't like what they they don't understand that this sort of the the human part of this inter- mm. interaction or whatever. Yeah. Um and so that's one of the costs mm-hmm. is that this one directional communication, we don't realize how much it impacts our ability to interact in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think another example is like us as drivers, right? Like people in a car, uh, interact with other people in cars in ways that they would never interact with people face to face with hand gestures and horns. Yeah. 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 Um, or like you wouldn't just, uh, harass people on the street because they were walking so slow too slow but you might harass people on the freeway if they're driving too slow um because there is yeah that cost of depersonalization Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely Uh, the other thing that um that they mentioned in this podcast was that our response to either great joy or great sorrow Mm. uh becomes a thumbs up or a (laughs) or a like a crying emoji Right. Like all of the things that you would otherwise need to learn and um, sort of practice Mm. and think hard about. Mm -hmm. Like if someone gets engaged, you can literally click a heart instead of offering heartfelt congratulations. If someone is going through a hard time, you can literally do a crying emoji Mm -hmm. instead of actually experiencing what it's like to be with someone in their pain or in their sorrow. And so the promise of technology, which is that it's easy to Mm -hmm. interact, it's easy to stay up to date. The cost that you don't realize is it can hamper your ability to do that in real life. But then I would say, you know, it's, it can also, we can choose the hard path. Um, we yeah. can choose to use, you know, we can use Facebook, stay up to date um, and realize like, oh, this this promises that Facebook is enough to keep me connected to these people, that a thumbs up is enough. Um, but we can see that and then also send a text and say like, yeah. hey, can I bring you a meal? I just saw your post on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, hey, congratulations. I'm so excited for you guys. I know, I mean, for me, you know, I posted my engagement recently. Congratulations, by the way. I'm so happy for you in (laughs) person. See, (laughs) that means so much more. But, you know, I mean, I don't know how many people liked it or thumbs up. or. I mean, it was a lot. But I do remember the people who came up to me on a Sunday Mm. and were like, hey, I saw the news. Or who texted me personally and were like, all caps, congratulations. You know, just that um, that extra step. But that was more work. Yeah. It was more work. It was more thought. It was, oh, I have to actually remember that this big thing happened, which to be honest, most of the time, if I'm scrolling on Instagram or Facebook and I like something, I, for, I forget about it yes. like 10 minutes later, yep. you know, and that's, that's rough, but just even it, it takes work to remember those things, mm-hmm. to follow up. Um, and so I don't think it's like, therefore Facebook is evil for training us not to do it. It's like, oh, we have to see Facebook for what it is Mm -hmm. and not what it promises to be. Yeah. It is a way of staying connected. It's not 
all we need to be connected to other people. Even even to say that Facebook might be, and we're, uh, we're picking on Facebook just because that's mm-hmm, the example, but mm-hmm. it is, call it perhaps an information tool, yeah. not a connection tool. Yes, yeah. And in order to, so the false promise is that it's a connection tool. Mm-hmm. The cost is that it actually decreases your ability to connect. Yeah. So if you see it for what it is and understand the cost, you can choose the hard thing like we yeah. talked about and actually have it make your life better, just not in the way that it promises. Yeah. And I, I, you know, we've been using that phrase like count the cost a lot because I think that is one of the differentiators, right? Between like the promises of Satan in the garden. Mm -hmm. You can have this without this. Without a cost. Uh, Whereas Jesus is like, here's the cost. That's right. You're going to have to, you know, leave your father and mother and, you know, whatever. He he, he always lays out like strong costs. Like right up front. Right up front. And I think that's really the difference, isn't it? Jesus starts with the cost. Like he's like those promises where he says like, you know, my, my, uh, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like those things are, are not without the promise of like, he who does not hate his mother and father, you know, or like the, like you're going to be persecuted and killed, you know? Um, if you don't, this is a great one that I love. If you don't eat, like eat my flesh and drink my blood, he's putting the cost right up front and saying like, you must pay this, but here are the benefits. And I, I, that's such a powerful, powerful difference between the two, between the, the lie or the false promise and like the true promise of faith. Yeah. And I think also, you know, knowing, knowing the cost makes all the difference because you can make good decisions, right? You can make fully thought out decisions. Unlike even the garden, she's like, Oh, I see a win-win situation here. Um, you know, versus people who are able to see, Oh, if, if she had known you will therefore not be right with God, the whole earth will suffer and you'll be kicked out of the garden. However, you won't die. Yeah. And you'll know good from evil. You yeah. know, like, right. Like then suddenly you make, oh, man, that is such a, that is such a helpful way to navigate it, which is like, mm-hmm. put, put your cost, analyze the cost and yeah. put it up front. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to like, to, to remove this from like social media and smartphones for just a minute. Yeah. Uh, because I've also been doing a lot of reading of Wendell Berry lately. Uh, Wendell Berry is like, he's from Kentucky. He's mm. a, he's a, I mean, I would call him a philosopher and theologian, but most of his points come through in stories of rural living. Okay. Um, anybody that has like, like tried to go back to the land reads Wendell Berry. Okay. Uh, but he, he talks about technology even in the farming community. And he mm. talks about the first time that he got on a tractor and how within moments he was frustrated at the person in front of him who was driving Mm. a team of horses. Mm -hmm. It took him no time at all. And so he talks about the cost of, of like agricultural equipment, Mm -hmm. removing people from the land. Yeah. And he said, I suddenly realized I was working over the land, not sort of in the soil. Mm. Cause when you're driving a team of horses, like you're aware of everything that's happening. Um, and so the cost is sort of like this removal from your connection to, to the land that you're working. The benefit is that it goes 10 times faster. (laughs) It, you know, you just keep feeding it, uh, gas and it keeps running. Mm -hmm. It doesn't get tired. Um, but there is a cost that you don't realize. Uh, we were talking, um, to, uh, 
I forget. We were talking. So we have this guy. We okay. I'm going to try to make this short story to prove <laughs> to prove a very, uh, uh, very very simple point. Um, he's like an amateur archaeologist, mm. and he comes on our property, and there's a bunch of spots where he digs, and he mm. finds like points from, from like the people that lived on our land five ten thousand years ago. Wow. It's crazy, right? Um, and what, but what he'll do is he will come after they've like plowed the field and he will just walk the field. Yeah. And we were talking about how every old farmer has a collection of like native American spear points or Mm. arrow tips or something like that. But none of the young farmers do. Mm. And his point was, look, people used to be walking behind a plow. And if you turned something up, you would see it. Now these dudes are, and this is not a criticism, but they're 10 feet in the air in an air-conditioned cab. If they they are running a machine that's 50 feet wide, they're not going to notice when you turn up an arrow point, right? So there's like this difference between what tractors have done to our relationship to the soil. Mm -hmm. Knowing that there were people on my, I shouldn't even call it my, on the land five, 10,000 years ago Mm. changes my perspective. It changes the way that I think about my place as a steward of Mm -hmm. the land. Yeah. It's almost like being, uh, like having technology, uh, like kind of zooms in our focus Mm -hmm. to a very narrow because it's simplest to only think about the immediate um but without that technology we're able to have like a broader lens of Mm -hmm. the world of life broader perspective how things how things intersect and fit together and it really does change it so i you know i think again if if you were to talk to a farmer before he bought a tractor and if Mm -hmm. you were able to say like look here's the cost like the things that you maybe love about working the soil, mm-hmm. hearing the birds, like the sound of the plow. And yeah. you're going to lose all of that. Your productivity will increase by 200%. Yeah. Like nobody thinks about nobody. Yeah. The promise of technology is like you will increase your profits by 200%. Yeah. And that's, you don't realize the cost. And I think with, for a lot of people, and, and this is maybe like an important point. It's like, a lot of people would make that trade. A lot yes. of farmers would say, oh, absolutely. Right, no problem. I'm actually not here for the birds yeah. or the soil. Yeah. I am here for the profit, yeah. but not everyone. Yeah. And so I think depending, and, and that's where I think maybe knowing your own heart and your own desires and your own personality and tendencies, it, it'll change whether or not you're willing to make that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you have to do the work now to think about it, yeah. to look at it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I keep thinking about, uh, actually for like all week, I've been thinking about what you said, uh, last week or the week before on the podcast where it was like, do you get tired of how like intentional you have Mm. to be? Mm -hmm. But I think it it is, it's because, uh, you have to look at the cost Mm -hmm. and it's intentionally hidden. Yeah. So yeah, we'd like, we just have to be more intentional Yeah. or else we'll end up where we don't want to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, um, I'm also reminded of how, uh, like, sorry, I'm thinking like several thoughts at once, uh, but what I'll talk about right now is, um, I'm, I'm, it reminds me of how obsessed we are with credit, mm, which yeah. is exactly the same promise. Yeah. Like you can buy what you want right now. Mm-hmm. 
and pay for it in just these tiny little pieces. The credit yeah. card minimum is only this. Yeah. And you will also get like whatever cash back, you know, yeah. whatever the promise is. And what you don't see is mm-hmm. the cost of interest and late fees and all of these things yeah. that become exorbitant really, really fast. And again, that it, that represents a dramatic shift from yeah. what used to be a, either a barter or a cash society. Yeah. And I think even with a debit card, I see like, especially my generation, like even debit cards, which we see how much is in our bank account. It's a number. Yeah. But it, it feels different. <clears throat> I have so many friends all the time who go into the negative because it's just a number on the screen mm. and going negative doesn't mean anything. Mm. It does in that you get charged, like, you know, what a $50 over withdrawal fee or yeah. whatever. But um, if I was trying to hand someone $50 and I only had 25, it means something different. Yeah. So just being, you're still removed from that cost. Yeah. Um, even with, even with a debit card, because you can't, you can't see mm-hmm. what the actual cost is. Right. Right. I mean, and it is one of those things where like choosing to do things a harder way mm-hmm. can have benefits. Yeah. You know, using a debit card is probably better than a credit card because in some, in, it's a little bit harder, yeah. right? You do actually have a number that you're looking at. Whereas mm-hmm. a credit card, you literally, well, you don't, there's literally no number that you need to look yeah. at in the moment or think about in the moment, you know, and then like checks are a little bit harder. Cash is a little bit harder. You realize that as you make it harder, the cost changes. And so it does seem a lot like picking the cost that you want to pay. Yeah. I think the false promise of technology is that there is no cost. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it, it, I, I wonder where else I'm doing that. I'm, yeah. I'm super worried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it, it happens in a lot of areas in our lives. You know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I even, I'm going to use another uh, kind of weird technology example of coffee. Okay. Um, where it's like, uh, I, when I first moved into my apartment, it was the first time in years that I had a coffee, like an electric coffee maker. Because mm-hmm. usually I use a French press. Yeah. Um, because it makes better coffee. I drink French press coffee in the morning. Yeah. It does make better coffee. But it also, I hate cleaning the French press. Oh my gosh, me too. The little, it the is filter the worst. is obnoxious. <laughs> and so when I first moved into my apartment and my roommate had an electric coffee maker, I was like, oh, of course I'll do this because you just take out the filter, you throw it away. Yeah. It's a little bit more waste, but it's fine. And then uh, at some point, you know, like I did that for, for the first couple months that I lived there. Mm-hmm. And then someone made me, French, I think maybe it was you, I think on the farm, you made oh, us French really? press coffee. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even notice mm-hmm. how much worse my coffee was <laughs> than it is when I, and so since then I've gone back to French press, but I think it's even just with those little yeah. things, Yeah. you, it's like, again, coffee makers, if don't put the cost on the coffee maker of your coffee is going to taste worse Yeah. because if they did, no one would buy that coffee maker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some people would, some people would be like, I'm not here for the taste. I'm here for the cafe. I mean, for real, yeah. <laughs> again, there are people that I think are willing to make that yeah. to, to pay that price. I just, Oh, I love, I love the idea of saying, try to try to discover and understand the cost up yeah. front yeah. and then make your decision. Yeah. Um, man, what a, I'm going to try to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, in some ways, in some ways we do make those choices. Mm-hmm. You know, we do. Um, 
but uh, you know, the fact that we raise most of our own animals is yeah. a ton more work mm-hmm. um, and is not necessarily cheaper. Yeah. Uh, but for me, understanding where my food comes from and knowing that the um, the uh, the animals live mm-hmm. like a, a peaceful and sort of happy life, except yeah. for one day, yeah. um, that is worth it to me. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about, you don't think about the life of the chicken that you buy in the grocery store. Yeah. And technology has made that possible. And again, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying that that is wrong because Mm -hmm. in some ways I think the affordability of food Mm -hmm. and the convenience of food allows us to do things that we couldn't otherwise do. Yeah. So I'm not necessarily saying that that is wrong, but I have counted the cost mm-hmm. and I, and I'm really, I'm really uncomfortable buying some of those things from the grocery store yeah. simply because I, but, um, but like full disclosure, we do like if yeah. we run out of chicken and we, our chickens aren't ready to yeah. get in the freezer, we buy chicken like yeah. we do. So don't hear a judgment there. I'm just saying that's one way that we also have counted the cost and one of the ways that we pay it. Yeah. And I think, you know, they're also like for me, uh, with Apple. Apple is very expensive, but it's very convenient, right? They're Mm -hmm. like, oh, you'll be able to connect to everything. Everything will, you know, work better. And, um, but there are also costs like inherent tracking, like you have to update. Um, it's going to be more expensive for every single part that you ever have to buy. Um, but for my work computer, I counted the cost and it, and it is worth it to go with Apple, right? Like it's just, it's just easier to be able to connect with every TV at Grace Church. Um, and so I think there are times when, again, depending on your personality, depending on what you need or, you know, what, what makes sense for your lifestyle, you can count the cost and decide that's worth it. Yeah. Um, you just have to count the cost. My, uh, my oldest son has um, an iPhone and a Mac. And one day I remember this, he was sitting on the couch and he was like sort of working on both at the same time. And he just sort of said, you know, I, I wonder. And then he was like, Oh yeah, that worked. And what he had done was he had found something on his phone and selected it and copied it. Mm-hmm. And then he had gone to his computer mm-hmm. and just clicked paste. Yeah. And I was like, First of all, that's amazing that yeah. it, like two separate devices, you can copy something and then not even like send it to your computer, yeah. but you can literally just hit paste. The cost is that, oh, if your computer knows everything that you're doing on your phone, yeah. if your phone knows everything that you're doing on your computer, then guess what? Apple knows everything that you're doing everywhere, <laughs> yeah. you know? So yeah. that that's a hidden cost. Yeah. Um, our sort of sacrifice of privacy uh, for the convenience of mm-hmm. having everything connected is a hidden cost yeah. that you can pay mm-hmm. and I often choose to pay. Yeah. But to pretend that there isn't a cost to having all of your devices connected all the time, yeah. uh, that's a that's a false promise. Yeah. Or even I recently was thinking uh, when I had to check my phone for texts and it was in a different room and I was like, oh, well, it would be easier if I had an Apple phone uh, so that it could just pop up on my computer. Yeah. But I realized like, oh, I actually don't want to be that accessible all the time. Mm. I actually don't want to have texts distracting me during work. Mm. That's why I have my phone in a different room. Um, And realizing like, oh, that's actually not a cost I'm willing to pay for the convenience of having um, like iMessages or whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I think 
it, this this conversation has been interesting because even as I'm thinking through it, there are pieces that I don't think I've counted the cost of in the way I interact with technology mm-hmm. of all kinds. Um, so hopefully this has encouraged uh, our listeners to, to do the same. So. Yeah. And I mean, just as a, just as finally a closing thought, I think the beauty of the gospel is that there is no hidden cost in, in some ways that is the, the assurance that it is, uh, safe, uh, is safe in that you, you, you know, you know, the dangers and you know, the costs going in. Yeah. It's a good reminder. So we'll see you guys next time on Rhythms of Grace. Mm